is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 98 of the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, I've been gone for a few months, but I'm happy to be back at the microphone. And if you'll remember last time, I featured an adorable children's book called Henry's Hat by Joanna and Eric Johnson. So I wanted to start out this episode by announcing the winner of that drawing giveaway. Unfortunately, in preparing this episode today, I realized that I never did pick a winner like I was supposed to. So I'm so sorry about that. Anyways, everybody who left a comment under the show notes of episode 97 on my blog was entered to win a signed copy of this adorable knitting-themed children's story, and I randomly chose between all of the comments left, and I'm happy to tell you that Mary, or Susie on Ravelry, is the winner. Congratulations, Mary! I'll be in touch with you shortly to get this prize mailed on out to you right away. So sorry for the delay on that. So in my last episode, I shared some recent health issues we've been dealing with, with my 10-year-old daughter, and I really wanted to thank everyone who's reached out to us and for all of your kind words of support. My daughter has had two heart surgeries since my last recording, but I'm so relieved and happy to report that she's recovering very well and doing so much better. And all of us are getting back into our normal routines. So I'm just so, so relieved and happy about that. So as you can imagine, the last few months have been kind of an exhausting whirlwind of emotion, but I still have managed to keep working and knitting. In fact, I finished the beautiful Ashburn shawl that I started some months back, and that project proved to be a huge source of comfort for me. You see, my daughter had been treated at a children's hospital that was a few hours away from home, so there has been a lot of traveling the past few months. Driving back and forth for doctor's visits, for testing, and of course her surgeries. Ashburn was my constant companion during this time and the perfect project for me to tote around with me and work on during the downtimes of sitting in waiting rooms because it was fairly simple. If you aren't familiar with this design already, the Ashburn shawl is a Melanie Berg pattern. That's this elongated triangular type shawl knit on the bias in garter stitch. Well, it's mostly garter stitch. There is some slip stitch pattern in there. It's kind of sprinkled throughout the garter, and then there's a bigger slip stitch section in the middle, which is nice because it adds a little different texture. But it wasn't hard by any means. It was kind of a repetitive pattern and quite relaxing. Also, this shawl is made up of three different colors. The nice part is that you introduce the next color gradually, here and there with a few slip stitch rows, so it's not a harsh line between the colors, and this is what really sold me on the pattern, because it makes for such a pretty effect. Also, it's all knit in fingering weight yarn. For my Ashburn, I began with a dark teal hazel knits yarn, which was 
probably my favorite to work with out of the three because the color was so saturated and beautiful. And then I ended the shawl with an orange single ply from Three Fates yarn. In the middle, I used up a variegated skein that I had in my stash that had both teal and orange in it to tie the two together. I have to admit that I lost the ball band on that variegated colorway, so unfortunately I don't remember the brand on that particular yarn. It was very, very pretty in the skein, and that's why I had to have it. But I think that after this project, I realized that I'm just still not a huge fan of variegated yarn. I just never like the way it works up compared to how it looks in the skein. It's the least favorite part of my Ashburn shawl, honestly. If I had to make it again, I would definitely go with three solid colors. It's not like it looks bad, but it's just not exactly my style. Once it gets cool enough, I plan on wearing this shawl all wrapped up around my neck anyways, so you see more of a blend of the colors that way, which I really like, and I think that that will look really good. So my final thoughts on this project is that overall, I consider it a success. It's definitely a large project. It took quite a bit of time. But again, for me, it was a really nice, easy, relaxing, therapeutic knit. Another project I finished recently is that adorable hat pattern from the book Henry's Hat that I talked about last time. I made it for my son out of an olive skein of Malabrigo Merino worsted, and it just turned out so great. It fits him perfect. After I knit it, I actually wrapped it all up as a present and gave it to him. He had no idea I made it, he wasn't expecting it at all, but as soon as he opened it, he said, oh, it's Henry's hat. So that made me feel good that he recognized it from the story. I thought that was really cute. And since then, we've spent many more times reading the book together with him now wearing the hat. So that has been fun. So Henry's hat is a beanie style little hat for children with ear flaps, as well as a rectangular flap in the front that folds up and is secured with two buttons. I like it because it's something different from the usual hat design. It was also really fast and easy to knit and I finished it in just two sittings. Also recently I started the saffron cardigan pattern and this is my first all over colorwork project on a sweater and it's really really fun. I stumbled across this design on Ravelry a few months back and I just had to cast on right away because it is so cute. It's just a basic children's sweater, but with an all-over snowflake design done in two colors. It's worked in the round and then steeped into a cardigan at the end. I originally planned to knit this for my daughter, but I got lazy when the pattern required me to do a swatch in the actual colorwork pattern because we all know how tedious it is to knit back and forth when doing color work. And yes, I knew I should knit the swatch in the round and then cut it to make it flat in order to measure it. But what can I say? I didn't listen to myself and I didn't follow the rules. Instead, I knit a regular swatch, hoping that would be good enough in just one color. 
And, well, I'm sure you know what happened with that. My gauge was way off. Of course, a fabric knit in two colors is so much more tight and less flexible than if you were just to use one color because of all those little strands of yarn floating in the back. I did that thing that knitters do sometimes when they know what they're working on is wrong. Deny the obvious. I just kept knitting along like an idiot, stopping every so often to stretch the fabric widthwise as much as I possibly could, while looking at my super slim daughter and convincing myself that, yeah, it'll fit, it'll work. Finally, several inches in, I slipped my knitting over my daughter's head, and yeah, sure, it fit in a strange skin-tight sort of way that even adding a button band wouldn't make better. My daughter looked at me in that concerned sort of, Mom, are you really going to make me wear a skin-tight wool snowflake sweater sort of way? And it was at that point that I snapped back into reality and knew finally that this just was not going to work. So I contemplated just ripping it out and starting over. But if you know me, you know that I hate to rip things out. So I decided just to keep going. And now it's for my four-year-old son instead. Fortunately, I chose Quince & Company Owl Yarn in a beautiful dark brown and cream for the pattern. So I totally think it's going to work for him this winter. I may add a shawl color on it to make it a little bit more boyish. We shall see. The other tricky thing I've gotten myself into with this project is that I started knitting the larger size for my daughter at the wrong gauge, as you know, but now, of course, I need to use a smaller size for my son for the lengths of the sweater because obviously his torso and arms are much shorter than my daughter's. And the pattern is in metric measurements so basically, I'm just super confused. I set this project down a while back, and now when I look at it, I just have all these random numbers highlighted and circled in the pattern, and I have no idea what they mean. So I'm going to have to sit down and sort that mess out. And honestly, it's kind of making me procrastinate on getting this finished. So let this be a cautionary tale for you. Don't be like me. Don't be lazy about your gauge. It's not worth it. Now this is my first time knitting up a colorwork sweater like this, and besides my silly sizing issues, it really is a fun pattern. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Colorwork is so addicting. It's so much fun to see that pattern emerge when you're knitting. I just love it, and I don't know why I don't do more of it. This will also be my first time doing a steek on a sweater. And if you've never heard of a steek before, it's when you work a sweater in the round. Usually you would do that for a color work sweater because it's much easier to work in the round. And then you sew two lines. Um, there's, there's a couple ways to do it, but most people do it on a sewing machine. You sew two lines up the front and then you, to secure your stitches, and then you cut it in between, and that's what turns it into a cardigan. Now, I always thought you cut the sweater and then picked up for the button bands. 
but the instructions on this saffron pattern say to pick up for the button bands first, then you cut in between them and fold the fabric over and sew ribbon onto the back to cover up your raw edges. So this will be my first time doing anything of the sort, but I'm excited to try it and see how it all works out. Before, I used to be so scared of steaking, but I think that was mainly because I didn't have a working sewing machine, and so I was afraid that I couldn't get those stitches secure enough, and the idea of cutting into a sweater and having it just unravel on me was terrifying. But now that I have a sewing machine that I feel comfortable with, I don't think it's as big of a deal as I once thought, so... I'm ready to take on this new challenge, and I'll let you know how it all turns out. So currently on my needles, I am working on something very large, very stripy, and very secret. I've recently invited everyone on Instagram to guess what it is that I'm making, so if you'd like to weigh in, I'll be sending a free pattern to everyone who guesses correctly. It's a fun project for sure, and I cannot wait to show you this finished knit. I also wanted to tell you that since my last episode, I have finally released my latest book, Baby Botanicals. You can find it available online on my website at nevernotknitting.com, as well as in your local yarn shop. Additionally, each book includes a scratch-off code in the back so that you can download a PDF version of the book that stores in your Ravelry library. So you get two versions for the price of one with this one. You've probably heard me talk all about it in previous episodes, but the recap is, is that this book contains five botanically inspired sweater designs for girls ages six months to size 12. And they are size down versions of my women's garments from my botanical knits books. I'll post a link in the show notes if you'd like to find out more about each pattern, and also be sure to check out the botanical gift set on my website. The gift set includes the book, along with a special project bag, and a little box of botanical notions to use when making your project and to give it as a gift when the project is complete. Also, I wanted to tell you about some exciting things coming up at the shop. For those of you who live locally, or who enjoy visiting the central coast of California, there will be a fall open house with Never Not Knitting and four other local yarn shops on Saturday, September 10th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Each shop will be debuting new products on that day, as well as offering special sales and promotions to kick off the fall knitting season. I, for one, will be offering refreshments at our little shop, as well as some great sales on yarn patterns and notions. So if you haven't gotten to visit our little store yet, this would be a great weekend to make that happen. Or maybe you're looking for a little vacation with your friends or a getaway with your significant other. Why not come visit us in the Central Coast that weekend? We have so much to offer. We're close to the beach. There are wineries everywhere beautiful views, great restaurants and hotels. It's definitely a beautiful place to come visit. And if you can make it to our fall open house, I know you'll enjoy it. There are five yarn shops in our local area that all offer something unique. We would love to have you. 
Also, for those of you who have enjoyed the care packages that we've been putting together, I wanted to let you know that I'm working on the fall care package as we speak. This one will have a woodland theme, which I absolutely love, and it's going to be very special. There are three items included that I've had made by different artisans just for this kit. So definitely keep your eye out for that. As you know, in this podcast, I'm always looking for fun knitting related products to share with you. And in this episode, I'm going to tell you about a fascinating yarn that was recommended to me a few months back from a podcast listener. This skein I have in front of me is soft, springy, and beautiful. But what is especially interesting about it is that it is spun with pure silver. It's called Silver Spun Sock by the Feel Good Yarn Company. So cool, right? You wouldn't really know it by looking at it. The skein isn't metallic looking by any means. It's more like the silver provides a subtle heathered effect on the yarn. The skein itself is made up of a blend of cotton, nylon, and spandex, along with the silver, giving it a bouncy quality. And from kind of picking it apart, it doesn't look like it's made of plies of fiber, but more of a chain construction. I imagine that it would produce a very nice garment that would keep its shape well. Why silver, you may ask? According to the Feel Good Yarn Company, the silver content adds thermal, conductive, and therapeutic properties to the yarn. It is said that it inhibits the growth of bacteria, making it a good choice for socks or for baby clothing or baby toys. It is supposed to be good for those who suffer from diabetes, arthritis, or sensitive skin. The other interesting thing is that the silver will not wash out or tarnish. And because of the thermal properties of the yarn, they say that it is as warm as wool and great for those who have an aversion to animal fibers. Also, the fibers in this yarn are grown and spun here in the U.S. So to me, this seems like a very interesting and fun yarn to try out. So if you'd like to see photos and check out what this yarn looks like and learn more about Silverspun, you can find it online at feelgoodyarnco.com. Also, you can enter to win this lovely skein by leaving a comment on my blog under the show notes for episode 98. You'll have until August 15th to enter to win, and I'll be announcing the winner on the following episode. And I promise I'm not going to forget next time. So let me ask you listeners a question. Have you ever had a truly strange experience in your life related to your knitting? Well, Lori Gagne, the founder of the Feel Good Yarn Company, has. Here's her story, entitled The Knitting Emergency. I have so many personal knitting stories because, you know, I've been doing this for almost 50 years, um, which is kind of strange. I started um, knitting when I was like seven, But most recently, it's become my livelihood and a business, and it's taken on kind of a different role now. But um, back in 2001, uh, my family moved to Washington, D.C. I'm originally from Michigan, and up in Michigan, everybody knit. I don't know 
what the deal was, but it must be a Midwestern thing. But when I moved to Washington, D.C., I couldn't find anybody that knit down here, which I found was really, really strange. Like I said, we moved here in 2001. It was a strange move for us because first, 9-11 happened. Then we had the anthrax situation. And then we had the sniper situation. So at that point, I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing here? I want to pack up my two young girls and move back to Michigan. But, of course, we couldn't because my husband's job brought us here. So, But what I did find is that um, knitting was a way to sort of um, calm the nerves. And uh, I started a knitting group with a bunch of women from the local school where my daughters went to school. And every Friday we'd have a knitting group and uh, they'd come over and, you know, most people say that knitting is the cheapest therapy in town, which I think is very, very true because it really did help a lot of people just to sort of, you know, connect and cocoon and all that sort of stuff. One thing led to another and literally people started knocking on my door asking if I would teach them how to knit or help them with a knitting project or something like that. So I started giving private lessons out of my home. That went on for quite some time. And uh, one thing that I thought was really funny that started to happen was people would start calling me saying they had a knitting emergency. Well, one day, the phone rang at home. My husband answered the phone. After a couple of minutes of listening to this person on the other end, he handed me the phone and he said, it's a knitting emergency. And uh, the woman on the other end was actually a person that had come to my house a number of times for lessons, and uh, she said she really needed to come over. Uh, She had this knitting emergency, and she really needed me to help take care of it for her. So we made an appointment for the next day. So the doorbell rang promptly at 4 o'clock on Monday, and she comes in. She looks incredibly distraught. She has her knitting basket with her. She walks into my kitchen, which is where I used to do my lessons because it has really good light and I can make tea and we can sit and talk and, you know, knit and all that sort of stuff. Uh, She plops her knitting basket on the table and then she opens it up and she pulls out this wad of tangled up mess of navy blue yarn and she drops it in the middle of my table and she says... I need you to help me untangle this. And I thought, oh my goodness. I told her that, you know, I said, now, you know, I charge, I I charge per the hour, (laughs) you know? And she said, yes, I understand. I understand. She goes, I just need this to be untangled. So I said, okay, no problem. So we sat down and I started to untangle. And then I remembered that I always offer people tea. So I asked her if she wanted some tea. And she said, yes, I'd love some tea. I boiled the water, and while the water's boiling, I'm delving into this pile of yarn. And she starts telling me all about her boyfriend and her breakup and all this sort of stuff. And I thought, okay, I get it. She came over here because she needed some therapy today. I let her talk, and she's um, sitting down. The tea boiled, and I poured it cup of tea for her. I poured a cup of tea for myself. I picked up the, um, not knitting, I picked up the bunch of yarn and I started untangling it. And uh, 
she asked if she could have some sugar. So I said, oh, sure. So I got up, but I got the sugar bowl, and I put it on the table, and she reached for the sugar bowl. And as she's reaching for the sugar bowl, she knocks over this boiling cup of tea into her lap. And I'm like, oh, my God. And she bolted upright. She stood up, and she immediately pulled down her pants. She goes, I'm burning. My legs are burning. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This woman is standing in my living room or my kitchen with her pants down to her ankles. And so I quickly ran to the freezer and I pulled it open and I pulled out Boo Boo Bunny thinking, because this is what I always did, you know, and you you know what Boo Boo Bunny is. It's like a little teeny ice cube wrapped in a like a terry cloth looking bunny type thing that you always put on your daughter's boo-boos when when they hurt themselves. And I looked at Boo Boo Bunny and I looked at her and I go, oh, this isn't going to do it. So I looked into my freezer and the only thing I could find were some frozen tortillas. So I pulled out the frozen tortillas and I gave them to her and she put them on her on her legs and she goes, oh, that feels much better, much better. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this woman is sitting here with her pants off. Now she's actually taken her pants off and I'm, I've got to do something. So I ran upstairs. I got her a robe, put her in a robe and then she handed me the pants and she said, can you please wash these for me? I'm like, okay. So I ran downstairs where my laundry room is and I put the pants in the laundry and then I hear her yell downstairs, but, but I don't want you to put them in the dryer because they'll shrink. I'm like, okay, okay. So we got the, we got the, pants washing. I went back upstairs. She sat down. She's in her robe. She's drinking tea. Um, I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, if anybody comes over, this is going to look really strange with this woman sitting here with no pants on and a robe as I'm untangling this bunch of wool. So she um, just sort of sat back, started talking to me. She wasn't knitting at all. She was just drinking tea, and I'm untangling. And then um, the wash ended, and um, so I came back upstairs from the laundry. I sat down, looked across the table from me. There's this woman sitting there in a robe, no pants, drinking tea. I'm sitting there untangling a wad of mess, She leans back, she looks at me, and she says, this is the most relaxed I've been in weeks. And I just looked at her and I said, I'm so glad I was able to help. Thank you so much, Lori, for sharing your story with us. Again, to you knitters listening out there, has anything crazy happened to you that has involved your knitting? If so... I want to hear about it. Send me an email at nevernotknitting at gmail.com with the subject line knitting story. I would love to possibly share your story in a future episode. As a reminder, the show notes for this episode and all episodes of Never Not Knitting can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry under Never Not Knitting. And if you'd like to get in touch, again, you can email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Also these days, I share most news about my projects and shop on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram under nevernotknitting. Well, everyone, I wanted to thank you again for your patience while I was away from the podcast and for your continued support. 
Thank you too for all of you who have recently visited our little store. We have been crazy busy lately at the shop and I've met some very wonderful knitters from all over. So I'm so glad you've taken the time to visit us and say hello. Well, that pretty much wraps up this month's show, but please join me again at the end of August for episode 99. There will be a new knitting story and another fun giveaway to enter. Until next time. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clicking From morning until she goes to bed She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care Never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Stop rubbing again. She just won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she doesn't knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants. No shirts. No underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear There's yard in the fridge In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry It's even in the washer and dryer That's why she can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching, and the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, "Get up, let's go." But she can't set down her project She says Just let me finish up this row She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad Her husband mad She just won't stop her stitching And, well, she's losing all she had